Joining us now, Gordon, he was the 10th pick in the first round of the Atlanta Hawks in the 1992 NBA draft. He played for the Utah Jazz from 1994 to the year 2000. He's Adam Keefe with us here on The Big Show. Adam, thank you very much for a few moments. How are you? Doing great, thanks. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing great, and uh, with no sports out there, we're all enthralled in that Last Dance documentary, I think, like all sports fans out there. And you made an appearance in a clip last night. What have you thought of the documentary so far and looking back on those memories? Um, I, I think the documentary's been great. It's really, really fun to see the access that they were granted and, um, you know, fun, obviously, for, for the Jazz to be uh, such a big part of it. So, Adam, uh, before I get into that, because I want to talk a little bit more about it, what the heck are you up to these days? <laughs> um, I am a financial advisor from Morgan Stanley. I've been right. for quite a while now and living down in, in Los Angeles, in Southern California, where uh, kind of where I grew up. And uh, my kids, uh, my oldest, uh, my oldest twin, uh, my oldest or twin daughters, they were born at, in uh, Salt Lake when I was playing for the Jazz, and uh, they are seniors in college. So, if you had one bit of advice for investors out there right now, what would you say? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm. What I would say is, uh, make sure you know what you own. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, I, want, I wanted to ask you about, as I'm watching this, this uh, last dance, and we did see you last night, it was kind of cool, but your memories of being in those circumstances against what might be the premier competitor uh, in sports of our time, Michael Jordan, what were those battles like for you? Um, well, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I never, it was, you know, it was never my assignment to guard him. Um, it was, it was an amazing, um, you know, I, honestly, I think at the time everyone, and I can only speak for myself, obviously, but I, I feel like everyone would, would agree with this statement that in, at the time, everyone is so concentrated on the task at hand that you, you don't really appreciate the enormity of the situation. Um, and so that's why it's really fun to look back and watch it because, you know, at the time, all, all that we were trying to figure out was, uh, you know, who, who's going to guard Pippen or, or who's doubling on Jordan or, or trying to do your job. Um, and so it's, it's fun to, fun to, you know, think back and kind of recollect. And, you know, frankly, I've, I've never watched the games. I've never seen highlights. I've, I've never listened to the commentary. So um, it's, it's been fun to watch, to do that. Adam, I remember you as such a tough player, a hard-nosed guy, and watching kind of this old film, you see how physical the NBA used to be, and it's not nearly that way anymore. What do you think about the evolution of the game from that standpoint? You know, uh, I, 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 like, I'm sure like all people that have moved on from their sport, I, I would say that I, I believe that I had a, have a preference for how the game used to be played. It, it, it seems very odd to me that with uh, you know all of the developments in nutrition and strength training and, and development that they've kind of taken away the physicality of the game it, that part doesn't make sense to me but you know what they figured out really well is, is itself and it's internationally appealing and, and you know the popularity of the sport has grown and grown Adam, I don't want to spoil anybody who doesn't know how this thing is going to turn out at the end, but uh, wondering what it was like to lose that game six and to walk off the court and head into the locker room. How difficult 
was it to handle that kind of defeat when you guys were so close? It was it was really hard. It was it was really hard. And and Gordon, you you may or may not remember this, but you know, for me personally, it, it, it was brutal because I had felt that you know throughout the course of the year I had played my way into a position and a role on that team that that you know started seventy eight games at small forward and had the best record in the NBA and beat the Bulls twice in the regular season. You know that was the clip on the other night, and then. You know, getting into the playoffs, the, the coaching staff just kind of went a different direction, and, and it wasn't a direction that was, hey, you know, we're going to use, you know, we're going to start Brian Russell, and you're going to come off the bench. It was, hey, you know, you've done great for the regular season. We really appreciate what you've done, but we have no room for you now in the playoff roster. And and so, you know, it was it was especially painful for me. And and uh, you know, I, I think that we were scrambling so much and, and reacting instead of being proactive, reacting to what the Bulls were doing. That I actually think I started Game Six at center, which was you know shocking for a guy of my size and kind of what, what my strengths were. It seems to me like it's interesting that because I that's I was a little foggy on that, but th- thanks for reminding me. I, now I recall. It seems like, though, that, Adam, you personified the kind of player the Jazz typically celebrate. A guy like Jake was talking about. You busted your hump out there for the Jazz. And it, it, it maybe not having you as involved as you had been earlier hurt the Jazz. I mean, what do you think? Well, look, I, I think everybody from, you know, the coaching staff on down was doing their best to, to win games. And, and obviously they had concerns with matchups offensively, and obviously they had concerns with matchups defensively. Um, but but what I would say is that that Jazz team was a team where we were really good at what we did, and, and we didn't change that. You know, we, we didn't change how we played offensively our pick and roll if we were playing – the Rockets versus the Spurs versus the Bulls. You know, we, we everyone kind of knew what we were going to do, and we forced them to stop us. And you know, in, in my opinion, you know, maybe maybe in retrospect, you know, allowing Brian Russell to have more offensive freedom off the second unit may have been more beneficial for us. But at the end of the day, that's just guessing. And, and, at, and at the end of the day, everyone was trying to, to do the best to, to help us win. Adam Keefe is with us here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Adam, we're getting a, a look at maybe what it was like to be on a team led by Michael Jordan with this documentary. What was it like on a team led by John and Carl? Hard to imagine anything better. Uh, those two guys were phenomenal leaders, um, both on the court and in the locker room. I feel like they were really appreciative of people in, in role situations and in, in role spots and, and they they made you feel like your contributions were really important to the team um, they were a hundred percent leaders and off the court in terms of uh, you know how they carried themselves how they conducted themselves they're you know never late n- never dismissive never problematic it, it really was remarkable that that two players could who were so talented could really be that way. I mean, it was phenomenal. Did you ever have a problem with a teammate, Adam, where you had to smooth things over? Is that something that happens more frequently than we on the outside know? You know, I felt our Utah Jazz team was very cohesive. 
and I felt like that cohesiveness, you, you could see it out on the court as well. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of smoothing out that needed to be done that, that I'm aware of for, for the six years I was there. Um, you know, it, 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 teams run pretty smoothly when the star players or whatever you want to call them, the best players, the team leaders, on the same page with the coach. And that's clearly what was the case in Utah. And it was very easy to kind of fall in line. And again, because you were appreciated for, for your contributions, I think people, I think that went a long way towards building cohesiveness. And, and you know, really, uh, we didn't have many problems at all with, on that jazz team. I wondered, Jake, how it would have gone if Adam had showed up in, uh, in Jerry Sloan's office and said, Jerry, I want a vacation in the middle <laughs> like, of the season. Like Rodman did. <laughs> yeah, how do, you, how do you think that would have gone? Adam, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, that wouldn't have gone over so well. Uh, Adam Keefe is with us here on uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Adam, of course, uh, guarding Michael Jordan would have been incredibly difficult. But uh, give us your toughest matchups, uh, a few names of guys that were the hardest to guard when you were playing. For me, it was pretty easy because I was kind of playing an out-of-position small forward. Uh, you know, I was a big small forward. My really difficult matchups were, were, were the smaller small forwards that were quick and could put the ball on the floor and shoot. So playing against, uh, you know, a Reggie Miller when he was playing three or Glenn Rice, I'm not saying that guarding Charles Barkley or Larry Johnson was easier, but I'm just saying for my body type and what I could do, it was a more natural fit for me. But, you know, me chasing Reggie Miller off screens on the perimeter, that's not a great recipe for, for jazz success. But, but we managed to do it, managed to get, to get it done. What was the highlight of your career, Adam? That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I'd say the highlight of my career was was probably that that team feeling we had in that in that last year, and you know, going into um, and playing through the regular season um, when we had the best record in the NBA. Um, it, it, it was my best season in the NBA in terms of, you know, I think I averaged 7.8 points. I shot over 80 from the free throw line. I shot 54 from the field. I think I led the team in offensive rebounds. Um, that was fun. It was fun because of the amount that we were winning and the amount that I was able to contribute to the team's success. You still stay in contact with any of those old teammates? Yeah, I stay in, I stay in contact with um, – uh, I've seen contact with, with Jeff and John uh, a fair amount. And then I see um, other guys around kind of in the sports circuit. So I've, I've seen Brian Russell out and about with his kids playing sports or in different areas down here in, in Southern California. But, um, yeah, it was a great group of guys. And, and obviously a couple of years ago when we got together to celebrate winning the Western Conference uh, finals, it was, it was great to see everyone. I'm testing my memory here a little bit, Adam, but uh, does it surprise you that you did not pursue a career in politics? Because weren't you sort of uh, dabbling in that a little bit back in the day? It's something I enjoy very much. Um, I am very glad right now that I'm not a politician. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. speaking of that, your your current profession, these are not necessarily easy times for that either. Nope, things are things, you know things are busy, and you know it's it's always nice when markets go up and up and up. But the reality is they don't, and so uh, you know things have been very busy. Adam, you were always known as a rather cerebral fellow. If you had, uh, if you could get the ear of professional athletes, 
who uh, are at some point going to come to the end of their playing days and they need to plan for their future. It sounds like you've made that transition smoothly uh, and and maybe had some advantages in that regard because of your mental capacity. But uh, what advice would you give? You know, I I think for a lot of guys, it's it's honestly just understanding that you don't get to play forever. And, And guys like... Malone and Stockton and Hornacek and, you know, these people who play 14, 15, 18, 20 years are, are such anomalies within the field of competitive sports um, that, that you really do have to kind of think to yourself, hey, I, you know, back in the old days when people went to four years of college before they went to the NBA, you, you know, you come out at age 22. And, I mean, if you play 10 years, that's an incredible career. You're 32 years old. Um you know, and I, and I don't think most 32-year-olds, I don't think it's in their DNA to sit around or be retired. I mean, it, it may be financially possible, but it's, it's not necessarily, a, you know, maybe a great feeling or it's maybe not what those people want. Um, and so it's finding and leveraging what you want to do while you're playing, while you have access, while doors will open, while people are willing to engage with you, that, that people should be thinking about that transition. Last thing for me, Adam, before we let you go, you know, we're taking a walk down memory lane thinking about these uh, great jazz teams. What do you remember about my co-host Gordon Monson from back in the day? Good writer. Okay, Gordo, what do you think? I'll take it. It could have been a lot worse, I'll tell you that. But I appreciate that, Adam. I appreciate it. And 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 to pay you back, I want to say, is there a way, if any of our listeners out here with big bucks want to invest, utilize your services, can they contact you somehow? Yeah, I'm sure that I'm violating every form of like broker dealer <laughs> thing that I that I could if I open my mouth. But I'm I'm very easy to find. I'm on all the normal all the normal channels that you go through to find. Very easy. Well, Adam, we appreciate you dropping by the show. A lot of fun to have you on. Thank you very very much. Great guys, take care. Adam Keefe, formerly of the Utah Jazz, and. Uh, Gordon, that was a fun conversation. You know, I had forgotten that Adam started all those games that year. What did he say? Did he say 79 starts? We'd have to go back and look at that. But uh, And then to make that kind of adjustment in the playoffs, I had forgotten about that. Yeah, I had as well. But that is now when he said that, it all came back. That that was kind of a that was kind of an interesting decision. Seventy five starts. I stand corrected. Yeah. Bringing up his stuff started uh, seventy five games that year. Yeah, I had I'd forgotten they switched that. It, then they switched it around. Yeah. How about that? And he even said he started game six at center. I didn't remember that either. Yeah, I, I did not. But uh, uh, those teams. I mean, Adam Keith was just a big part of, of of the Jazz at that time. I mean, the best Jazz teams probably ever. Uh, Adam was a part of. So, uh, yeah, that's, I'll tell you, Jake, I got all kinds of memories coming back. Uh, that was 22 years ago, and uh, it's kind of fun to go down memory lane, like you said. Yeah, no doubt. It is uh, It is fun to remember those things and uh, to think about uh, players like Adam Keefe, who, who certainly was not a star in the NBA, but, you know, he did. You're right, Gordon. He personified a lot of what jazz fans uh, perceive the jazz to be, and that's, you know, play hard all the, all the time, play tough, be a mm-hmm. team guy, and Adam was that very much. And that's probably why he stayed here for so long. I mean, he was here from 94 to 2000. That's a long run with the, with the franchise. Yeah, it was. And like I said, that was the absolute pinnacle uh, of Utah Jazz basketball. So, uh, yeah, he was a part of it. 
And when you're going through that stuff the first time, it's almost like you think it's always going to be like that, you know. But then as the years go by, that change happens. Players uh, like Adam Keefe go a different direction. The team goes a different way. And then sometimes the winning uh, evaporates a little bit as well. So good to hear from Adam. I had not talked with him probably since he retired. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was fun. We'll get that up online at 1280thezone.com. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.